48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Barry O'Rourke. The top stories. Police arrest 184 people as part of a two-week anti-drugs operation. Bus operators warn the opening of several new MTR stations will seriously affect their business. And the G7 summit wraps up in England with bold promises on tackling climate change and the pandemic. The police have arrested 184 people during a 15-day operation aimed at combating illegal drugs. Officers have seized a total of 223 kilos of drugs, including cannabis, ketamine, cocaine, heroin and ice, worth more than 50 million Hong Kong dollars in various districts. A chief inspector from the Forces Narcotics Bureau, Alexandra Ip, said officers also uncovered an indoor cannabis farm in Yun Long. According to the current investigation, we believe that um, the seized drugs are actually uh, mostly for the local consumption. And regarding the um, cannabis cultivation um, center, actually we believe it is for the local um, distribution because it is planted in uh, a local area. Bus and minibus operators say their businesses will be seriously affected by the latest extension of an MTR line and the opening of two new stations in Kowloon later this month. The Transport Department has proposed to cancel at least four bus routes in an area that will be covered by the new Tun Ma Line, Lam Tzi Ho, the head of corporate op corporations and public affairs at Kowloon Motorbus, says dozens more bus routes could be affected. The operation would be considerably affected in the sense that the ridership and the occupancy rate will be very much affected by the launch of the new MTR line. For us, uh, we are given to know that there are about 40 bus routes would be affected. But of course, the adjustment or the cancellation would be subject to the occupation survey conducted by the transport department later on to decide whether those bus routes would be cancelled or adjusted uh, the frequencies. President Biden has arrived in the Belgian capital, Brussels, for two days of meetings with NATO and the European Union. Tomorrow's talks with the 28 members of NATO are expected to see the United States resume its traditional leadership role. Speaking to the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the Secretary General of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, explained why he called the meeting now. We live in a pivotal time, meaning that we have more global competition. We are faced with many security threats and challenges at the same time. The aggressive actions of Russia, cyber attacks, the rise of China uh, and also uh, global terrorism. And the fact that we then have all NATO leaders meeting today uh, on Monday together is a unique opportunity to strengthen our transatlantic bond, not least because we have a new US administration. The G7 summit in southern England has closed with a series of bold promises to tackle the pandemic, alleviate climate change and promote democratic values. The leaders have pledged one billion doses of vaccine for poorer countries and committed to raise 100 billion US dollars to help cut carbon emissions. But the United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, and aid groups said more was needed, including a global vaccination plan. Max Lawson from Oxfam said they'd hoped for more action on tackling the pandemic and climate change. We're bitterly disappointed to see the, the lack of action that's needed. These are seven of the most powerful countries in the world. You know, what they do matters. And when they decide to do very little and look at spin instead of substance, then that's just not good enough. So yes, we're really disappointed. They could have done a lot more and they failed. The growing assertiveness of China was also a key issue at the G7 summit. The BBC's Adam Fleming reports. 
The leaders slightly exceeded their target of donating a billion COVID vaccines to poorer countries over the next year if funding for future doses is included alongside individual jabs. There was also a commitment to build the frameworks to prevent and fight future pandemics. The leaders recommitted themselves to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050 and to eliminate most coal power. There were several references to China. Pledges made this time included working together to respond to China's impact on world trade and a task force to explore a clean green alternative to Beijing's enormous Belt and Road Initiative to invest in infrastructure in developing countries. State media in Myanmar has accused an ethnic armed group of killing 25 construction workers in the east of the country. They're reported to have been abducted by the Karen National Defence Organisation while working on the Yuhu Creek Bridge near the Thai border. A state newspaper published pictures it said were of their dead bodies. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Israel's new Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, has promised to unite a population frayed by four elections and two years of political stalemate. Speaking after his coalition government was approved by the Israeli parliament by just a single vote, Mr Bennett, a right-wing Jewish nationalist, said his priorities would be reforms in education, health and cutting red tape. Mr Bennett's coalition has held its first meeting. Addressing the ministers, he said they could now look to the future. We are at the beginning of new days. The hardships, not an exaggerated word in this case, of forming a unity government are behind us. And now the citizens of Israel, all of them, are looking up at us and we must deliver. We will act together in partnership and responsibility to heal the rift amid the people. GB News, Britain's first new dedicated television news channel in more than 20 years, has taken to the airwaves. In an opening monologue, its chairman, Andrew Neil, said the channel aimed to empower those who felt their views were ignored. Welcome to the launch of GB News, Britain's news channel dedicated to covering the news that matters to you and to giving a voice to those who felt sidelined or even silenced in our great national debates. Because if it matters to you, it matters to us. The channel says its target audience includes marginalised communities that voted for Brexit five years ago. Critics say GB News will be similar to the right-wing American channel Fox News. To sports, and we can start with tennis. World number one, Novak Djokovic, came from two sets to love down to beat Greece's Stefanos Tsitsipas in the final of the French Open at Roland Garros. Djokovic said winning the tournament was one of the highlights of his career. Couldn't be happier and more satisfied with uh, this kind of scenario in the last 48 hours. I mean, probably ranks the top three all-time achievements and experiences that I had uh, in my professional tennis career. To football, where England have started their Euro 2020 campaign with a 1-0 win over Croatia. The BBC's John Murray was at Wembley Stadium. The weekend began for Raheem Sterling with an MBE in the birthday honours and it ended with him also collecting his first goal at a major tournament. It was a tight affair with temperatures inside Wembley pushing 30 degrees Celsius but Sterling's 57th minute goal edged it for Gareth Southgate's side as England did something the boys of 66 and Euro 96 couldn't do and won their first match. Croatia ended England's hopes of winning the last World Cup, but here, with Kieran Trippier, an unexpected selection at left back, created few chances. So England made a winning start for the first time at what is their 10th European Championship finals. 
England manager Gareth Southgate said it was an important win for the team and the nation. It's firstly a lovely day for the English public. You know, we've, we've waited for a long time for the beer gardens to open. I'm sure they're now throwing it everywhere as well as drinking it, which is lovely. For us, it relieves some tension. You know that if you don't win the first game, the pressure ramps up. But we've still got two really difficult games in this group and we're a, a good step forward today, but still important steps to go to qualify. The Netherlands marked their return to international competition for the first time since the World Cup in 2014 with a 3-2 win over Ukraine in Amsterdam. The BBC's John Bennett has more. The Netherlands returned to major tournament football with a thrilling game and a dramatic late winner. After dominating the first half and forcing the Ukraine keeper into a number of saves, the Dutch finally made the breakthrough seven minutes after the break with two goals in quick succession for Jeannie Wijnaldum and Wout Weghorst. Then, with 15 minutes left, the game turned on its head. Ukraine's Andrei Yarmolenko scored a beautiful left-footed curling effort, and Roman Yeremchuk headed in a free kick to equalise. But in front of their passionate fans, the Netherlands put that disappointment behind them when Denzel Dumfries nodded in a Nathan Ake cross with five minutes to go to wrap up a breathless match. And in more football news, hosts Brazil have won the opening match of the delayed Copa America, beating a Venezuelan team ravaged by COVID-19 by three goals to nil. The match was played in an empty stadium in the capital, Brasilia, because of COVID restrictions. The South American football authorities have defended the decision to press ahead with the tournament, despite the risks posed by the pandemic, which has forced one of the original co-hosts, Argentina, to drop out. Brazil stepped in at short notice, but already three of the competing teams have reported outbreaks. To end the news, the top stories once again. Police arrest 184 people as part of a two-week anti-drugs operation. Bus operators warn the opening of several new MTR stations will seriously affect their business. And at the G7 summit, it wraps up in England with bold promises on tackling climate change and the pandemic. And that's all the news from RTHK. Thanks, Barry. Yeah. I couldn't dance You didn't even want me around But now I'm back To let you know that I can really shake them down
is Morning Brew, through till two, a special extended edition of the show today. Going to do some more live music in a few moments. Going to be joined by my special guests, the Young Bucks. Looking forward to that.